All right, everyone, welcome back to WCHC Sports Podcast. My name is Ben Lepper. Today I'm joined with my friend Rocky Perea. You may remember him from the Bucknell football game. And I'm joined today by a special guest. Uh, please welcome Andrew Galata of Fordham University. He's actually going to be in the press booth alongside me this Saturday for the upcoming marquee matchup between the fifth-ranked Crusaders and, what is it, 22nd-ranked Rams right now? Or is it it's something yeah. up there? 22nd in the, the stats poll and then 15th in the coaches poll. So, so both two, teams. Yeah. <laughs> so this, first of all, Andrew, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on. It's an honor, actually, to have you know, another school's media department on this podcast. We've never done this before, so it's very exciting to have you on here. Oh, nice. Thanks for having me. It's definitely going to be, you know, a fun game here at Fordham. I think a lot of people that follow the team, this is kind of like the de facto Patriot League championship. I think a lot of people would agree and should be a lot of fun previewing it. And absolutely. I don't even want to consider this a Patriot League championship, considering there are three weeks left for, I think, both. <laughs> Which is crazy. Point. It's yeah. crazy to think about. But, you know, assuming we don't, neither of these teams lose in the next three weeks because all the other opponents that I know at Holy Cross has coming up uh, have all had rough seasons so far. I don't know about Fordham's schedule exactly, but, you know, if we went out and you guys went out, this is, in fact, you know, going to settle. Who wins the championship? Who goes to the playoffs? And then, I don't know, someone might sneak in as a, I don't know, 20th seed. We'll I, see. I wouldn't be surprised if both these teams made the playoffs when it's all set and done, depending on how everything shakes out. I mean, I think both of these teams are – right there at the top of the FCS. And, you know, I mean, when you get, I mean, I think this is the fourth time in the last 15 years that two ranked Patriot league teams have squared off in conference. So definitely should be a fun matchup. Yeah. So Rocky, uh, you were with me in Bucknell. Uh, that's the last time we got to see really the Holy cross team on quote unquote home turf. What did we think of that game? Well, the Bucknell game, we saw a lot of really good things. You you really couldn't have anything done better, I think. Um, the defense performed exceptionally well. They only let up two passes the entire game between both quarterbacks that the other team ran. Um, we had a big run stoppage. I think they didn't score any points. It was a total shutout. Shut the out, defense, yeah. especially lacking our main player, um, Dobbs, especially huge for Dante Bolden and Frankie Monty stepping up into that role. I believe each of them recorded a sack in that game too, if I'm not mistaken. And they both, but they had a multitude of TFLs between the both of them and um, really impressive showing there. The offense was definitely a strong showing as well. It wasn't much of a display as the passing offense, even though we did see some very nice tight throws from Matthew Sluka that the other team's quarterback, Nick Semtafelmer was missing like same play, same roots. It was very nice to see just like the level of which our quarterbacks really risen to but I think it was more of a display of our rushing power, especially in the hands of Jordan Fuller and Pete Oliver. Yeah, it's a very run-heavy football team. Now, we are aware of what happened last week uh, at Lafayette. It was it was not pretty. Uh, no. We somehow eked out a win. Offense didn't wake up until the fourth quarter. Justin Shorter, Jordan Fuller had some touchdowns. The big story right now with this Holy Cross Crusaders teams, even after coming off a fairly rough win, is Devin Haskins with four straight punt blocks in four games. And he's returned a couple of those for touchdowns. That, let, let me just say, to have four punt blocks in a season is near impossible. To do that in four straight games is straight up not realistic. Do we think, now let, let, me, let me turn it to Andrew here. Andrew, how is Fordham's special teams? <laughs> So our, I would say it's average. Like for me, I, I think that Holy Cross, like when people talk about special teams, I think Holy Cross is a special, special teams. 
And I think that's helped them to be undefeated. I think you kind of have to be good in all three areas. And that's something I think Holy Cross really thrives in because last week is a perfect example. If you don't have that block punt for a touchdown, you probably end up losing the game, which is something and you, and you get upset on the road. Instead, you play a great special teams, uh, you get a great special teams play. And also, you know, field position battle is another big thing as well. I think that Holy Cross did such a good job last week that really stole that game from uh, Lafayette. Fordham, I mean, they've had some trouble in the return game, uh, defending the return game against Ohio. They gave up a kick return for a touchdown. Same against Lehigh. So they're a group that's kind of been up and down. Foti's Coco Sewell is returning kicks, and he's done a great job uh, both in kick return and punt return. But more of the, on the defensive side, they have seen some issues. So that could be something to watch out for. But if you're Fordham, you have to put max protect and make sure Devin Haskins is not blocking any punts. Yeah, I get yeah. a quick word in here. Um, that was a huge problem that Lafayette had, and especially Bucknell had. Um, they actually did not leave an extra blocker in the backfield on Haskins' side. So, I mean, it would be nice to see. I, I don't think Fordham Cena has had any issues with block punts so far this season. I'm not sure if you had any last season. I, I wouldn't be aware of that. But um, I assume their formation's a lot tighter, and maybe Haskins will have a bit of a harder time, especially because they're not having that weird formation that Lafayette had last week. I don't know if you were watching the game, but even the ESPN announcer there was making some odd comments about just how many punts that Lafayette has let up and like like get blocked and just have to convert to like weird scramble plays in order to get them out of trouble. Very weird situation there, which I think contributed a lot to Haskins getting that pun. It was a bad special teams versus a good special teams defense which I think helped a lot in kind of inflating the numbers last week and really how much we kind of destroyed them in special teams. I think we will see a bit more of an even swing coming into this week. I think Fordham is going to be a much sharper opponent, not just on special teams, but all around. So that really positional, you know, where does the offense start? How, where does the defense have to defend from? Your positioning on the field is going to be less of a give and take. Or sorry, it's going to be more of a give and take this game because I think both teams are really going to fight between the numbers on special teams. I want to add on to that real quick. You just said Fordham's a very good football team. We haven't talked about Fordham enough. <laughs> Let's talk about Tim Demorat. Andrew, what can you tell us about this guy? I've heard rumors of him getting drafted. I've seen yeah. some incredible film. Like I've talked to a couple of my friends who are like, this guy is insane. There's a real chance this is the best quarterback performance we're going to see at Fittenfield in years. Tim Demorat, just to pull out some stats. I mean, some of these are just gaudy. No, he's Over got three stats. Over 3,000 yards already this season. He's the first Division One quarterback, period, to go for 3,000 yards. He's only played wow. seven games so far this season. 33 touchdowns, only four interceptions. He's also completing 68% of his passes. And he's doing this week in, week out. NCAA.com rated him the best QB in the FCS. And he's the guy that is perfect for this offense. He's like the point guard almost of the offense, getting into all these different uh, great skill players that the Rams have, whether it's wide receivers, Fotis, Coco, Sulis, MJ Wright, Takis Carter. That's kind of the big three for this Fordham offense. And then also the running backs, Julius Luffridge, Trey Snead as well. I mean, you can't really say you know anything more about Tim. Walter Payton Award finalist for the best offensive player is probably what, what's going to be in his future. People are talking about the draft. I mean, we'll have to see, obviously, but I've watched him now for seven weeks and all of last season. I mean, he looks he looks very, very legit. He's leading all the Fordham categories, top to bottom career season, going to probably break them. So we'll see what happens in April. But, I mean, he's he's definitely a once and for Fordham, a generational talent that you'll see on Rose Hill. And 
for him. And I think this offense as a whole, I think they want to bring home a Patriot League title more than anything and kind of back up all these amazing statistics, which is great, but they want to win in the big games and especially these against Holy Cross and other conference opponents. Yeah, no, I was watching, you know, my weekly, you know, film session, which is just me in my room, you know, watching (laughs) YouTube highlights of other teams. But I'm noticing immediately as I watch this Demorak guy, like he is the most close to a professional quarterback I have seen in my studying for, you know, any of these games that I've done. Like I've done a fair amount of studying for, you know, Harvard games, Yale games, Lafayette. I've done studying for Bucknell. Nobody comes close to Tim Demorak. I think him and Matt Sluka are easily quarterbacks number one and number two in the Patriot League, maybe FCS right now. But Matt Sluka is a very different quarterback than Tim Demorat in terms of Matt Sluka has more of a, you know, I like to say he's like a Cam Newton in a way where he likes to run the ball. He can also chuck it deep if needed. But Tim Demorat is, like you said, generational for especially for an FCS program like that guy could be thriving anywhere. It's crazy when you look at what he's been able to do, especially just spreading the ball around. I mean, the amount of touchdowns he's thrown to different receivers. And there's something that, you know, I've said on broadcast before, he's thrown a touchdown to 10 different receivers. You usually only see that Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's of the world. You don't see quarterbacks spread the ball out to so many different skill position players, which I think just shows how comfortable he is in this offense between head coach Joe Conlin and offensive coordinator Kevin Decker. They've, you know, really worked with, Tim and lockstep to kind of getting him to that point where he's able to just master this system and dominate not just FCS defenses, but FBS defenses as well, put up 50 plus points against Ohio against a Mac opponent. So this offense is legit. And I think that's what this Rams team, you know, they're going to be confident going into any game that they can outscore any opponent, no matter who it is. It could be an FCS Patriot league or even an FBS team like Ohio. Yeah. That Ohio game, I was looking at the score earlier. I couldn't find any highlights from it, but, Goodness me, 59 Man. to 52? Yeah, and the, the last play the last play was a lateral. So Fordham was down by one with about 15 seconds left. They're on their own 30. So they ran a lateral, went awry, and the Ohio player ran it back for a touchdown. So he, you got an extra seven points in there at yeah. the end. That's uh, but That's just awesome one more game. thing. I want to bring up really one quick more thing about these offenses. Before we talk about defenses, Rocky, I'll let you take defense in just a moment. But – this Fordham Rams offense has put up 40 points or more in every game this year. Holy Cross has done that once, and that was against Bucknell. So that's going to be the main storyline here. Can the Holy Cross offense keep up with an offense that can score at will like Fordham? Now, a big part of stopping that Fordham offense and that Holy Cross offense is going to be both these teams' defenses. Rocky, tell me about this Holy Cross defense coming into this week. What are we looking for? Okay, well, the big story about the Holy Cross defense is obviously going to be what the hell happened against Lafayette last week. I mean, Lafayette is not a team that was supposed to be competitive going into that game. That was the first time they've scored more than 20 points all season, and they almost won against Holy Cross last week. That defense, especially the run defense, coming off a guy who hadn't played in over a year off the injured reserve and just letting everything up. I'm really scared here for the Holy Cross defense, not because our offense had a bad week last week, you know, and can't necessarily, you know, there's questions about them keeping up and will the defense be discouraged, stuff like that. It's more just the Holy Cross defense, I think, has been a little bit lackluster during that last game because they had so well in the Bucknell game, bye week, bam, and then what is the Lafayette game? Everything went awry in that kind of game there. And uh, even we talked a lot about the passing game that Fordham has. 
No, nothing should be taken away from this amazing pass game. But I want to shout out Fordham too here. They have 1,100 rushing yards between two running backs. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Julius Lufford, Trace Need. I mean, those guys have been the unsung heroes of this team because you're getting very light boxes. Everyone's trying to defend the pass, trying to double receivers. You have very light boxes to run against, and you got to give a ton of credit to Trace Need, who the fifth-year senior, he called himself the granddaddy of the running back group, and he's kind of the veteran leading the way. And then Julius Lufford. Back, back it up, back it up. He did not call himself that. <laughs> he did, man. He's, nope, he's right. he, Him and uh, Julius Lufford are the two – two backs for Fordham. Julius Lufford's leading the, the Patriot League in rushing right now, and he's only splitting carries. He's top 10 in the nation in yards per carry. So between those two guys, they really share the carries. And that's something all season, Coach Conlon was like, yeah, we know we have a great passing attack. It's one of the best, you know, in the league by all the statistics, but we, we want to definitely establish the run. And they were able to do it the last two weeks. And especially in the first half, that's something they've loved to do is go back to the run, back to the run, back to the run. And That's not to discredit cute. the Lafayette offense at all, by the way. I do want to give a quick shout out to Jaden Sutton and Sean Davis, yeah. who I got to watch last year. And pretty much they both look legitimate. Like those Sean Davis balled out against Ford. Sean Davis last is year, a straight so. up baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's great. It's just he doesn't have that much help around him. But Jaden Sutton, he gets the job done. But let's let's talk about Fordham's defense right now. There was a name you mentioned to me before we got on the air here. Andrew, what was that name again? Ryan Greenhagen. Ryan he's, Greenhagen. Uh, yeah. Let me, he, let's he's the, this guy. the heart and soul of this Fordham defense. I think everyone kind of knows of him because he set the Division One record for tackles against Nebraska when Fordham went to Lincoln last year, and that's kind of where he got his claim to fame. And he's, you know, the heart and soul of this defense. He's just a never quit attitude guy. Is always around the ball. Him and James Conway, those two linebackers, are just flying to every which way around the ball and especially stopping the run. That's something the Rams have prided themselves in over the last few weeks, these last three games, they haven't allowed a hundred yards rushing combined. So that's something where they love to stop the run first. And when they can do that, then they can kind of pin their ears back. And that's kind of where they've had trouble is the secondary getting spread out, getting beat deep, big plays. That's where, especially earlier in the season, they, really had a ton of fits just trying to defend the deep ball, deep runs too. You had some big runs in the Monmouth game uh, and Jaden Sheardon ran for almost 300 yards on only 13 carries. So again, for Monmouth, which is just, you know, video game type numbers for opposing offenses as well. And that's why the Rams are accustomed to playing a lot of shootouts over the last few weeks. It has been better. But I think a lot of people, you know, covering this team, following this team, they're going to maybe attribute that to a lesser competition that they've played, whether it's, you know, a, a one win Stony Brook team or, you know, a Lehigh offense that was averaging less than 15 points a game. So I think that, you know, going into this Holy Cross game, I think the defense is definitely a question mark. But I think the biggest thing for this team, if they can stop the run, which is something they didn't do last year and gave up 50 points to the Crusaders. So if they can stop the run and make Matt Saluka beat you with his arm, I think that's what this team is going to try to do to at least contain the offense and give the ball, hopefully, to Tim Demore on that offense to score more than that Holy Cross offense. But let's keep in mind, you did say that they can give up big plays in the secondary. Oh, yeah. Holy Cross has not one, but two big play machines in their receiving core. You got Jalen Coker. You got Ayer Asante, 
And then if you're too focused on them, Justin Shorter will come up in the middle and take care of you. You've also got yeah. Spencer Gilliam. You've got Dominic Thomas. You've got Sean Morris. And then the running game as well. You've got Pete Oliver, who's mainly their running back in terms of like three down situations. And then Jordan Fuller comes in at the goal line. Tyler Purdy is involved as well, although he did not play against Bucknell Rocky. I don't know if you noticed that. He didn't come in at all. I was a little curious. No, there. I think they played like everyone else in the running back core. Yeah, they right? played everyone except Tyler Purdy. But they played Joe regardless, Rivers even, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Sam Slade was in there as well. But regardless, in order, I think, for Fordham to have a chance at this not becoming a shootout, they need to shut down that secondary. Because Jalen Coker will get open. Ayer Asante will get open and burn you. And let's, let's not forget, we've seen the Crusaders pull off some trick plays. Like, we saw Coker throw a <laughs> touchdown to Purdy for 50 yards. I believe that was against um, Yale. I called that. That was my first call of the year. So <laughs> let, let's just be real for a minute. This game is going to come down to the defenses. Because we know both these offenses can score, and they can score in bunches. The thing that I would say for Fordham, if they get into a shootout, and, you know, this is nothing against the Holy Cross offense. I think it's, you know, it's definitely up there with one of the best in the FCS. I think you're confident going into a shootout. And that's something I, I just think. I, if it's, it's him to at you're confident, yes. Now, I think what's going to be the issue is I don't think you're going to be able to score at will against the Holy Cross defense. No. That's, you know, you're going to have to really, you know, grind for every yard. And I think that you're probably not winning the game 52 to 49 or that Ohio game 59, 52. You're probably thinking this game is probably going to be in the thirties. And that's what brings you to this defense and trying to not lead some big plays. I mean, Fordham on defense, they've had a freshman step up Alex Kemper over the last few weeks from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's a guy that a lot of teams have targeted trying to go at a freshman corner. And you've seen him really, be up to the challenge time and time again, which is something I think Fordham and this coaching staff has been really happy about. But overall, this defense, you could see the stats. I mean, they've had their troubles over 400 yards of total offense, especially against the pass or the worst uh, team against the pass in the FCS. So if you're going to beat this Rams team, you're going to have to attack that secondary. And that's going to be up to Matt Saluka to do that. But I think Holy Cross's offense, I think if they can establish the run and then off play action, hit some big plays. It's going to be tough for this Fordham defense for sure. And let's let's not forget the secondary for Holy Cross is stacked. You've got Walter Reynolds in there. You've got, of course, Devin Haskins who can a lot also of fun matchups. A lot of fun yeah, matchups on the outside. So that's going to be something I think we'll both be looking out for. Whether it's you know John Smith out there on for John Holy Smith, Cross number as seven, well. He's still here. So I mean, Haskins, yeah. You look at what Haskins these two, has three picks on the year. Man, he's having a crazy year. Playmaker, and that's that's the type of guys, you know, you want on your team. And that's why you're, you know, when you have guys like Devin Haskins, who's blocking four punch straight, three interceptions, or interceptions, those are the type of players that you need to go to have a, you know, 7-0 and undefeated start. And Holy Cross has gotten those big plays, and we'll have to see if it continues. Anything else from you, Rocky? Um, well, for me, I feel like the Holy Cross offense, the big thing to look to going into this, uh, you know, Fordham defense is probably that big twin peaks over the middle and those two huge linebackers, James Conway and Ryan Greenhagen. Those two guys are really good tacklers. They're really good at stopping the run, shutting things down. That's what we've seen from them, according to uh, Andrew as well. They are very, very strong pieces. I mean, each of them have like 60 tackle, 65 tackles minimum. I believe Conway is the leader between the two of them with 70, if my stats are correct here. Um, that defense, again, I, I, 
Uh, Andrew was saying like he thinks this team is going uh, the defense is going to live or die on you know forcing Sluka to go deep. I think that Sluka is a more competent passer than sometimes we give him credit for. Um, I've told I've talked to you before about how sometimes I feel he's he kind of devolves to a one read quarterback. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Here I, we go. I, I, that's when I I know you know like when I say that. Mid Madden game, and he's like, "Why does Matt Sluka only go through his first two reads?" I'm like, "We're playing Madden." <laughs> we saw it. We saw it in the Lafayette game. Was the thing he yeah, kept trying did. to get away on his toes, and he wasn't making his second read. I, that's a huge issue we saw last week. And Andrew's right. Like that's the way that they're probably going to best beat Sluka is shutting down the run game hard with those two big linebackers and forcing Sluka to go with his arm and hoping he makes mistakes. I think Sluka is going to be a lot more disciplined going into this week. I think the receivers are going to make better adjustments too. I feel the communication is probably going to be a lot stronger here. And Sluka is going to come better off of what happened last week. I think it's probably been a, a big focus for him going to this one, especially with an opponent like Dean Morant on the other side, an absolute gunslinger. He is having to keep up. I think it, I don't want to rule out the Holy Cross running attack because it has been such a really good part of their offense this year, but I'm um, seeing this big Fordham defense. And I, I think you're the, both of you are right. It really is going to come down to a battle of the defenses, stopping these two big slinging offenses who we know can make fantastic plays on both sides. What a game we have coming up. Let's be, I haven't been this excited for a Holy Cross fit and field game. I wasn't even this excited for the sacred heart playoff game last year. <laughs> like this is this these are legitimately two phenomenal fcs programs and by the way andrew so you're not a holy cross student so you aren't aware of what's going on this weekend it's family weekend okay so this might actually not work in your favor because the stands are going to be packed with purple i you know i i look i actually heard that you guys um the parking like they're they have to use satellite parking i saw that which i think is going to be an interesting see if they could pack fit and field because Hey, I mean, home field advantage could definitely be a real thing. I will say these Rams, especially this group, have played in some packed houses, Memorial Stadium in Nebraska, Florida Atlantic, whether it be this year in Ohio. So this group, I think, is ready to face a hostile crowd. But, you know, it's a little different when you're the unknown team from New York coming into Lincoln, Nebraska to play to play the University of Nebraska when against Holy Cross, known rival, like these two teams have a, a very, you know, storied story past with each true. other. So, you know, it's a little different, obviously, than those atmospheres. But, I mean, two ranked teams going at it in the Patriot League. It's the marquee matchup I saw on NCAA.com. It's their game of the week. So, you know, in the FCS, that's obviously awesome to see as well, to see these two programs also get the light that, you know, they really deserve on both sides. I mean, what Holy Cross has been able to do you know, these last few years winning three straight Patriot League titles for them, trying to, you know, kind of dethrone them here in this game. I think it's all the storylines are there, you know, it's set up to hopefully be a really good game. And here on Fordham, I think everyone's just excited to, you know, see what this team has against against Holy Cross. Now, Andrew, have you ever seen people park on a baseball field? I have not. You are going to see that on Saturday. Okay. Here's the thing. For those of you who are not able to make it out to fit and field, right past the end zone, there is a baseball field, which is the home of our varsity baseball team, which turns into a tailgating parking lot. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's actually really cool. Yeah. My family's coming out. Actually, they're going to have a tailgate. Unfortunately, they did not get a spot on the baseball field. A little disappointed. But (laughs) overall, I, like you said, I could not ask for a better matchup this Saturday. This is going to be one of the most exciting, most storied football games played at Fit and Field, I think, in a very long time. 
Rocky, I can't believe you get to witness this as a freshman. I really can't. Yep. This Lucky is awesome. Well, I mean, you're a sophomore too, but I mean, yeah, this one's going to be a light show and I can't wait to have like the entire crowd there. Having this as a home game for us too is exciting. Like, you know, I would have been there. I would have watched this over ESPN plus using my roommate's account and like <laughs> binging there and watching it with it for them. But just because it's here at Holy Cross makes this so much better. It's family weekend. Everyone's already excited. They're bringing everyone. The tailgate was already going to be good. But the fact that everyone's like coming in, I know my roommates, his whole clan is driving up from Philadelphia. So there's so many people here at campus like that, which is a really good community and aspect thing to build. But there's a lot of people just coming for this huge football game. And the fact that we get to show them such an awesome matchup against two huge teams who have such fun, high-powered offenses and really strong defenses, too. It'll be a really great show. All right, everyone. So thank you so much for tuning in. Unless you guys have any last words. I would say my last thing, first of all, thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast. I think you guys talked about the home field advantage. Last year, obviously, the game was played at Fordham. Holy Cross celebrated on Fordham's turf. And I think that's still fresh in a lot of those Fordham players' mind that they got to celebrate a Patriot League championship in the Bronx. And I, you know, I, I think that's something they want a little payback to now traveling up to Holy Cross. Obviously you're not celebrating a championship whether because we're still, you know, a few weeks out from <laughs> the, the end of the season, but this game will loom large. And for a lot of those Fordham guys, they haven't got a win against Holy Cross. So for them to, you know, a lot of those older guys to finally break the seal against them. I think that's what's motivating them into this week and we'll have to see what happens, but it'll definitely be an awesome game. Anything from you, Rocky? Closing thoughts. Good luck, Fordham. You guys have an awesome program that I've been so excited following, and I can't wait to see here at Fit and Field. And go cross, go. All right, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Andrew, we are very excited to welcome you to Worcester in a couple days. Rocky, stay cool and everything. And for everyone <laughs> listening, this is the WCHC Sports Podcast. Make sure to tune into our broadcast this Saturday, 1 p.m., WCHC 88.1 FM. It's going to be a good one. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you, everyone.